and my fellow travelers welcome i am shivani your host for the pod show i effect i'm here to accompany you in your journey inward while traveling through this road leading us to union with ourselves at some point we all lose hope we all question our faith in such circumstances what restores the lost part of ourselves is our own ability of reflecting on the moment so to make a powerful impact on our lives let us all reflect here with me your host shivani on my podcast i effect what's up tribe today we have with all of us the lovely kathy sanderson a spiritual therapist specializing in inner child healing work and author a dedicated mom of 3 founder of healing from within and on top of all an amazing human being now i only met kathy online i mean i have never met her in person but i can tell you that she is one of a kind who radiates a very nurturing and positive vibration she has that tender and loving impact in her words which puts you at ease and allows you to express yourself without any judgments and kathy is here today um, to share with us all her journey of becoming a spiritual healer and the details about inner child healing work so like for me i always believe in the saying that seek the wisdom of ages but look at the world through the eyes of a child so even when we are very much mature in our thinking I believe that it's very important to leave the past behind and look at the world world from fresh eyes every day to actually enjoy the life and to be childlike and to feel childlike it is equally important to keep our inner child happy so from this point of view i think that inner child healing work can have very powerful and profound benefits on our lives and kathy's expertise can help us all understand this in detail with lots of examples so kathy welcome i'm so grateful that you could join us all today through this show hey shivani it's so great to be here thank you for inviting me no worries so kathy tell us a bit more about yourself and how it all started for you when you decided to take up a spiritual healing as your profession well Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. It um it was so nice <laughs> to hear um how you saw me. It was it it really made me smile on the inside and the out. So thank you. Um yeah, spiritual healer. If you'd have told me 10 years ago, even perhaps 6 years ago, I would be doing what I'm doing now. I would never have believed you. um it was something other people did i was starting to become aware of energy and you know we were going on ghost hunts me and my mum and things like that cuz you know it's quite strange when you start to feel energy what do you do That's it's true. 
there's a lot more available now because the internet's so much bigger and there's so many groups but um I think it's our anniversary, mine and my husband's. Um, we've known each other for 14 years, so we've been going out for 14 and we've been married for 11 That's on awesome. Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, I sort of like work out how far. So it's probably about 16, 17 years ago, I started to become aware of energy, but there was no, nothing you could do with it really. So we did the ghost hunts because at least then you could feel energy. People knew what you were feeling. Um, if they did any of the experiments, you could sort of like test on yourself. Like, I remember they did one where you asked for a volunteer to stand at the front and then someone would stand behind you and you had to just say what you saw. Yeah. And I was so amazed that what I saw was the person standing behind me. Oh but my goodness. Again, you know, you don't know what to do with that. And you just think that sometimes, you know, other people do that, not you. <laughs> so we we grew a bit more and then I started I got pregnant with my daughter um so she's 11 in November if I got worried that when I was doing these things I'd bring back something that would affect my daughter mm -hmm. so I joined a spiritual church and through that I learned about circle and working and mediumship and all of that type of stuff but Again, it was still something that other people did. I would never be on the podium. It was just like a little bit of dabbling. Yeah. And then um, I, I had, was blessed three children and pregnant again with my fourth and lost that baby on my son's first birthday. Oh. Um, six weeks, early miscarriage. We got pregnant straight away, so I thought rainbow baby because my middle daughter was a double rainbow baby. So, you know, no, it happens, and everyone talks about rainbow babies. So, we went for the scan, the baby died at 10 weeks. And this was this cycle for the next four years. It started in um, 16th of April 2016, my son's birthday. Um, and it carried on for four years. I was either pregnant lost the baby, couldn't try again because I'd have to have an operation because the baby, my body just held on to the baby, you know. Um, or we lost the baby at six weeks. It was either 10 weeks or six weeks. And through that period, I lost 12 babies. Um, so after one year of, I'd lost three babies in that year. I'm a type one diabetic as well. And I'd started to explore energy and healing. And I think everybody knows about the light workers of the world Facebook group. Yes. Um, and I was in there. So this was 2016. It hadn't even took out, off as much as it has now, but there was a guy in there and he was a healer and he said he wanted to offer, or he'd been guided to offer a free healing to somebody. Tell me why. And I'm like, I think I had a really bad day. Um, I'm type one diabetic and I've lost three kids. I've lost three babies this year. And of course he offered it me. And what he was able to show me, he was a forensic healer. And I was blown away by it. Um, absolutely blown away. And I'm like, wow. And he told me that in five sessions we could work on my diabetes. So I lived for that. Um, 
and then we got to the fifth session and of course it didn't happen and there was other stuff and other stuff and I became a bit disillusioned but I am um, he told me I was a healer I'm like no don't be silly and he introduced me to light language and um I'd had an activation and I can channel light language and I can heal heal amazingly with light language my kids never have black eyes um they never have scrapes and bruises because I can just take it away because kids as you were saying you know through the eyes of a child everything's wonder everything's magical so they've got no preconceived ideas it just works but um obviously the miscarriages still continued I healed in so many other ways like my cycle was 31 days and it went to 28 days mm -hmm. and that was a miracle um so i looked at other ways of healing and i did my reiki one and two i did um theta healing mm -hmm. basic in advance i now know that it was for me it just wasn't at that time because i didn't want to dig <laughs> i didn't want to know you know i didn't feel all of those feelings so it, um, I could do great things. I can stop the weather. I can stop it raining. And I taught my children how to do that and simple healing, but I didn't want to go deep. So then I did soul realignment and that didn't cure my diabetes either, but it did teach me how to be able to access the Akashic records and see the past lives which are blocking people now. So although it was more expensive, I finally took the plunge and I did forensic healing and it was through that I was able to understand how much my childhood had affected the beliefs I had now the relationship I had with my mother was a direct result in how I felt about myself right so that was a hard one because I couldn't disassociate between me and my mum so I had to go no contact for that period of time at that time, I couldn't eat properly. I was throwing up, um, obviously anxiety, but I was everyone's Rottweiler. I didn't have anxiety, but doing this work made me realize I've had it since I was a child. Um, so doing that four months, no contact, being able to know my own thoughts and have the clarity and not the worry that I was doing something wrong all the time. And it, it, it stopped me being sick <laughs> and um, I was able to see who I was but not only that but see who my mum was and why she had acted the way she did and why she had those beliefs and how those beliefs had impacted on me despite the fact that she did not want me to have that childhood she did right but because she didn't believe in herself then it doesn't matter how much you're told you love somebody you pick up on the non-verbal communication and all of that stuff. So that was a real eye-opener. And I realized that I was blessed with these skills because I am um, clairvoyant. I can see things. I know things. So now when I work with a client, I'm able to know immediately the age and the experience that's ready to be healed. It may not be the very very root cause because I used to get so annoyed because deep deep down I know that you can just heal instantly and it was explained to me that if we healed everything in our bodies we would not know who we were 
So I could go and have a healing and be healed from top to bottom back to my original blueprint. But I wouldn't know me. Those experiences have created me. So it's about that onion, isn't it? That's how humans are. Let's peel the layer off. That's it. We're healing layers. And once we've healed that layer, something else comes up and we can go deeper. So um, I'm showing the root cause of what it is they're presented with at that time that's ready to be healed. And it enables them to go so much quicker than regular talk therapy or those types of things because I was in therapy for years and years, counselling for years. From age of 16, I had bulimia. So, of course, I had that kind of counselling then from 18 and all these things. But it was only when I had a breakdown at 30 and I was having counselling through work. And she said to me, what was it like then being the daughter of a depressed mum? I'm like, what? My mum didn't have depression until she was, I was 18. She's no, she's always been depressed. Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes you don't even know, isn't it, when you have symptoms and uh, with the inner child as well. I mean, you, how do you know that you have the work to do, really? Never. You, you wouldn't. And like you were saying, there was a few things when you were talking, you know, we, how great to be able to look at the day through the new eyes of a child. But if your child is damaged from those times, then they're only ever going to be able to look at the world through that time when they froze and were unable to grow up anymore and were unable to see the beauty of the world anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so many people are told time heals. I really hate that phrase. Time doesn't heal. It numbs. It allows your... The things that you experience as a child to get buried deep down and then more problems come on top so you can't remember everything but it doesn't heal yeah that's what, that's what i always say sometimes when i've been told that the time heals i was like time is just a painkiller not a pain healer i mean it yeah. just numbs the pain but so many people would never understand that what's happening now is directly result of how you felt as a child or what you experienced or what you were told um so doing these podcasts and being a, having the opportunity to just make people think my god that's why i can't cure this or that's why i can't heal this because i haven't looked about how i was when i was age seven how my mum made me feel and it's so powerful sure and and it sometimes do you find it sometimes it's hard to explain people as well that that what you do because it's they just think that there's nothing wrong with them and we probably need to convince them that you know there is a work needs to be done you know we see that's why i'm blessed because when i'm talking to somebody i'm given the words to say <laughs> that will point them directly to where they need where it's coming from so that they can twig and they're like oh my god yeah that I do feel like that and you've hit it now the nail on the head because that's the beauty of energy work we're given you but everybody's body knows how to heal right. it's just finding someone who can listen to the body yeah and pinpoint the pain points that's it so your body when i work with a client the body is screaming out do this do this do this and then it's like oh <laughs> Who knew? Who we knows? don't listen to our own bodies do we yet most of the times well we're taught that we have no power that um 
anything that is energetic is wrong, especially from a church or religious point of view. So if we were to teach children from such an early age that what they're feeling is right, that if that's what they feel that they have to do, then that's good. Hmm. But from the moment that they go to nursery or play school or school, it's beaten out of them. That whole autonomous intuitiveness is gone because gone. you have to be a little worker bee, don't you? Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and with few few of the people, like they don't want to do the work because like I always I always heard that, you know, you need to feel to heal. So nobody wants to go back to those trauma that they've already experienced uh, in order to heal them. So they, they just get afraid of, um, of that pain, of, of uh, going through that pain again. So is it, is it always the case that you have to experience all of that again when you go through your inner child healing work? So you hit it nail on the head. You know, you have to feel it to heal it because if you don't feel it, if you don't remember how you felt and why you felt that way and why it made those beliefs and why you accepted those lies about people, then why do you, how do you know what you're healing? Exactly. Yeah. So there's no point running away from it. You have to just, you know, embrace what was and just go forward from there, isn't it? And, you know, you don't have to relive all of that trauma. All you have to remember is how it made you feel. Right and heal that little girl or boy who's feeling that way. And I'm guided to know the best way that you need or your little one needs so that they get the most healing from it. Sure. But um, what puts people off with talk therapy and stuff is they could spend years just going over it, but unless they actually realize why that, you know, that that read the, when so-and-so was talking to you at school and made you feel really small and you had to write on the blackboard and you just didn't know how, they need to understand, well, that's why when you went for that job interview, that man made you feel so small mm. and you couldn't even get your words out. Yet when you were talking to your friend outside, you were so confident. Yeah. yeah but I unless can... you know why... Yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, being an introvert, I mean, I go through similar experiences because sometimes, you know, when I get comfortable with people and I open up like anything, but, you know, I mostly stay in my comfort zone all the time thinking that, oh, I probably don't even want to get there. You see, and that's, that's the problem with talking to somebody who picks up on energy is, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. My, my, <laughs> yes. That's it. My, my, my words are going to relate to you. So... Um, I do try not to do it, but it just comes out. That's true. But then, you know, this is your podcast, isn't it? So the people who are listening to it, your audience, relate to you. So they're going to understand those experiences too. Absolutely, yes. And that's what we all want, isn't it? To provide solutions for for the introverts like me who, who don't go out there and uh, speak to people and they just keep everything inside. So this is probably one of the way they can introspect themselves and find some solutions from within rather than going out all the time. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm, I, I feel very sorry when you um, spoke about all your past experiences about miscarriages and stuff and your mom, but obviously I'm at the same time, I'm very proud of what you've been achieved through being through there and where you have been right now. But so 
I'm also a mom of a nine and uh, and usually you know I catch myself using the phrases that my mom used to use and uh, and then so so I want to know that does it does our relationship with our parents affect our relationship with our children as well and and if, if yes then so yes so your mum of nine? Yes, my son is nine years old, yes. I'm a mum of nine year old child. Sorry, I thought you meant nine nine children. No, no. I, yes. <laughs> I, I, I wish. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's a he's a nine year old and, and I I do I do sometimes, you know, tell him whatever my mum told me not to do this and not to do that. So so does it because of all the experiences I had because sometimes, you know, it's just to protect him, really, and not anything else, or not to make him feel like something, but it's just, you know, to, um, to give him a feedback of what situation can occur if we do something. So, so how, do we, how do we improvise this um, with the work? So I've recently just written a blog about something similar. You know, when we're a child, we say with such vengeance, that we're never going to treat our children the same way and I'm never going to speak to them like that and I'm going to let them do this and I'm going to let them do that and I had such problems around eating because it was a horrible experience around the dinner table my dad would be in one of those moods my mum would be hurt so she'd be in a snipey sulky mood and I just didn't want to be there so I would need to go to the toilet as soon as dinner was put down in front of me and I would try and drag that out as much as possible and then my dinner would be cold and I wouldn't really want it anyway and I'd still have to eat it and I'd have to sit there and I'd have to clear my plate so um I always said I'd never do that and you know in my head as the perfect mum when my children sit down they don't have to finish their food but I've stood there and I've cooked it and I've made it and all of that programming comes back, you know, starving children in Africa and your mum's cooked it and you'll eat it no matter what and no, you won't eat afterwards. And I'm like, when I'm not stressed, it's easy. But when you're stressed, you go back to your old programming. Yes, absolutely. And what you have to be aware of is do you want that old programming if you don't then you have to choose to be consciously aware of the type of parenting that you want to do so as an example i was brought up in the time when it was normal to be hit with a hand or a slipper or the spatula you know those types of things i would much rather have been hit than sent to my room so hit me with the wooden spoon and you know you you train yourself it doesn't hurt but it it's not the hurt it's the actions it's the feelings it's how you feel as a child violated these people are supposed to love you and they're hurting you and i went rebel isn't it that okay do whatever you want to do really i'm yeah. going to do whatever i want to do <laughs> you know i was grounded when i was 15 and i walked out of the house what are you going to do it doesn't bring that respect but also, I was in um, a few abusive relationships. And when I left my last one, I looked and I was like, well, actually, it wasn't until I had my daughter. 
how am I going to show my daughter that it's not okay to be in an abusive relationship with somebody who hits them because they don't like what they're doing or it makes them feel bad, uh, they've been told not to do it. How am I going to teach my daughter the difference between that relationship and what I teach her as a child? And to me, that is a really important thing because if I'm teaching her, well, I'm only hitting you because I love you. You know, it's for your own good. No, it's not actually. It's because I lose my temper and it's acceptable, thank God, not no longer, to hit a child. So those programs, I am adamant. No, no, my eldest daughter's 10. Sometimes my children just don't listen and I'm saying to my husband what can I do and he's like well give him a slap and I'm like no <laughs> no that's not what we do um but then you get frustrated because you don't know because you've not known any other child rearing techniques and probably I'm not very I don't like bribery I don't like taking things from my children so what other technique do I have left because I'm still in that mentality of bribery and coercion to make my children do something mm. and it can be very hard but yeah, being aware is the first thing that's true it's really that's what I was going to say it's really hard to snap snap back into that particular moment and not live into your stress or trauma your past or whatever you are in at that time and probably at that time you you would want somebody to clap at you and say snap back to where you are be in the present but but i mean i think it only comes uh, in with practice i mean it doesn't come overnight you have to work on yourself and obviously it, it's a long process isn't it it's very long my daughter's seven she's been having her terrible two since she was about 15 months okay um, I was watching oh, Joe Frost, Super Nanny, last night. Came on the telly. I didn't even have the telly on, but it just came on. And um, I was watching how she taught the parents to deal with this four-year-old who was developing into what my seven-year-old is now. I'm like, oh, God, if only somebody had shown me this. How can I now put this into place with a seven-year-old who hurts when she kicks and can kick a door down type of thing mm. but I had to learn from my middle daughter she was showing me all of my inner child things so the way she feels is the way I feel and I used to get so angry with her doing that and I realized it's because I wanted to do that when I was little but you didn't, <laughs> you just didn't, you know, you'd have got beats, you'd have got belted, you, you, you didn't even, you'd have still got hit if you'd have said one word, if you'd have had the tantrum, you'd have been given something to cry about, hmm. you'd have been locked away in your room and when I put her to her room to calm down, she could kick the door down, she could throw all of her drawers out, she could throw all of her clothes out of her wardrobe, she could kick her bed in. And it just boggled. I would never, ever have dreamt of doing that. So I had to heal my little one, who was obviously still screaming out and doing that, but 
as an adult, so it's a bit more like sulking and stomping the foot. However, I still haven't dealt with, I haven't been able to, I've managed them a bit, but still do it. I need help. <laughs> so, so does it always require like an expert's diagnosis or you can just, you know, you have some techniques that we can we can understand that what we are going through because sometimes as i said we don't even know that what we are doing isn't we just do it no. in autopilot well the, the beauty of inner child work is everybody has <laughs> inner child issues even if you had the most perfect child ch um, childhood parents who were so woke and um in touch with their feelings and didn't have traumatic abuse themselves you know, something could have happened on your way to school. You could have met somebody who exposed themselves to you. The teacher may not have been supportive or the headmaster may have been really strict. There's still something somewhere that's shaped you into a limiting belief that you don't need. That's no longer serving you. Um, and that's where reconnecting with your inner child comes in because then when you get to know them, not only does it bring the fun out and the excitement and how we should be living now, it also will show you where they're feeling sad because then you know where you've got to work. Sure. When I work with my clients, one of the most important things after the healing is checking in with your inner child every day, giving them what they need. You're not spoiling them. They need this. And it's energetic. So if they want to eat the whole of the ice cream part, that they can. But by giving your inner child what they need at the start of the day means that you've got what you need to go through this day. People don't realise that intrinsic connection. Right. So there's quite a lot to take in. Uh, but unfortunately, we've got a limited time. So I'm about to wrap up this conversation now. But before I do that, please tell us more about the um, workshops you conduct at the Healing From Within page and how how does working with you looks and feel like and also obviously where people can find you um if they want to uh, uh if they if the listener are curious and need some support and guidance so the workshop you mentioned is the inner child reconnection and healing workshop and in that it breaks it down into the experiences that you could have had which would have created those beliefs about you and how they're manifesting. And although there are probably three or four um, feelings or emotions that are created, there are so many different experiences that can create them. So there's shame, there's abandonment, and there's one more that might come to me. Shame, abandonment. Oh, it's escaping. But those, those words are what every single experience we have comes into. Mm -hmm. So this workshop enables you to understand why you feel that way. They come away knowing, finally knowing why they react that way. Why when they are sitting with a group of friends in a restaurant, they think that the waiter was rude. Yeah, everyone thinks they were lovely. Yeah, oh, so great. I'm going to leave them a tip. And you're like sitting there going, what? They were rude. Did you not hear that? 
and why you have totally different situations to other people and just that clarity can be so empowering you feel free and of course then there's a healing different healing techniques because I don't want you to go and do this workshop and then think that you have to keep coming back to me to dissect your inner child. I want you to do that work and heal your inner child. And yes, I'm there. If something comes up and you can't clear it yourself, well, that's what I'm here for. So you have the tools throughout this workshop that you can use for life. And you have um, healing modalities. You have the um, digging to find your patterns, all of that stuff. So. It's a six hour workshop over two Sundays because sitting in front of a laptop is a lot for a whole and it, it's intensive. You know, I don't want to fry people's brains, <laughs> but it's £99. That's all it is. And you get the tools to use for life. Mm. I want to empower. I want to heal the world. I don't want to make it so unaffordable that people can't do it. So that's my workshop. Um, if people want, it depends how quickly people want to heal. You know, you want to come and have one individual session with me. That's great. I've got a 12 week group program that enables you to go much deeper than the workshop. Okay. To understand and heal. And then if you want to have those quick results, I've got a six week, a six month in individual. In depth, yeah, program. sure. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. So, so we all know that who's the go-to person just in case we are thinking of doing some inner child healing work on ourselves and some experts guidance obviously i'll put all the links uh, in the description box below and lastly kathy uh, is there anything you want to share or you want to advise to our listeners who want to work on themselves but kind of are in doubt doubt about where to start from so the best way to know your inner child issues is to reconnect with your inner child. And I've put together this three, three step guide. Mm -hmm. um, and it teaches you ways that you can reconnect with your inner child that don't require special um, equipment, don't require you even leaving the house. And um, you can get that healingfromwithin.co.uk slash reconnect. Yes, I've downloaded it, but obviously I haven't gone through it. But now today is the day I'm going to go through it and see how, how can I start from uh, working on myself to, to you know, reparenting my, my inner child. <laughs> Great, Kathy. Um, it was absolute pleasure to have you with all of us today on this platform. And I really appreciate your time and guidance. Um, I believe inner child healing is is very purpose-driven career and it's very it's very intimate way of connecting with people as you dive into their origin and I'm sure you have provided a very valuable insights and solutions to all of us today thank you so much for joining us again it was great pleasure to have you on this show thank you thank you so much Kathy Thank you for being with me and showing overwhelming love and support for the show. All of your responses are greatly appreciated and gracefully accepted. Keep sending your blessings and don't forget to like, share, subscribe and send your questions, comments, advices 
and feedbacks. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Shivani Bhatt Patel or if you want to be a guest on my pod show, please get in touch by an email on sup527 at yahoo.co.uk. So until I join you all next time, keep the conversation going and keep reflecting. I wish you all endless joy. Namaste. Namaste.